Hello and welcome to Rockhound Talk Live, the only live ri- the only live Rockhound podcast on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. I am your host Amber Nicole, and this is my co-host Ben Corn. Hey Ben. Hey, hey everyone. Uh, welcome to Rockhound Talk Live. As you can probably guess, this is completely live. live. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get. Uh, so how, how have you been, Amber? Oh gosh. This is like an interesting 2024. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, my kids and I just recovered from like the worst flu ever. I mean, I don't think I can recall ever having the flu like this. Um. And all three of us, like we were like out of commission for like a week. Um, oh, usually, wow. Yeah. Like usually like one will get sick and get better and then the other one, it kind of trickles, but it was like boom, boom, boom. And out of the three of us, there's like one of us that's, you know, not as bad as the other. Like we were out of commission. It was like at one point I was like, wait a minute, is this just the flu? <laughs> but we bounced back. I mean, we're still recovering, but I mean, I'm at least functional. So I'm glad to get that out of the way. <laughs> still haven't rock counted yet. Um, the weather is getting so much better in my area. So now that my daughter's out of basketball season, I have more time to you know, get outdoors and get back into collecting. So I'm hoping within the next week, like even if it's just locally that I can, you know, get out and collect. You've been out again, right? Uh, I went out a couple times to go look for some agates. Um, I went to a couple fields that I've got some access to. Um, I did okay. I didn't do super great just because the farmer hasn't gone and plowed them up yet. So yeah. um, I'm waiting waiting for that to happen. Um, I also have been trying to sort of figure out, um, I actually am going to be bringing a couple people with me. Um, oh. Chase, the Agat dude, does a Toys for Tots fundraiser every year and I actually yeah. offered to take some people um, to help raise some money. And so um, I was, I'm was. i also just kind of checking, like, when can I tell them, like, hey, we can go out now? Because I want to make sure that they can go out and actually, like, find decent stuff. But right. um, it's, you know, it, it's it's coming. So um, I'm definitely itching to, to get out there. And I just keep counting down the days too that i get to go to arkansas because that's that's one thing that i'm i'm really excited for too yeah i'm so excited like for everyone to experience that like just arkansas crystal collecting and then the eclipse like oh it's gonna be great yeah i'm a little nervous have you you ever been to an eclipse before i've not been to an eclipse so yeah it's that's that's the my because i'm like you know we're trying to save up because gonna be getting married this summer and stuff yeah. and i'm just like i don't have money but i'm like this is like a once in a lifetime yep. so i'm like all right so we're gonna go we're gonna plan this we're gonna do it and the mineral club's doing a trip down there too so yeah. it's all working out um i'm a little worried about the crowds oh, um yeah, it's gonna be I, yeah i just found that um i saw that r- the ron coleman mine is doing like a tour it's like a three-day music festival over the eclipse to try to bring in more people and i'm like mm-hmm. just thinking i'm like I'm telling you oh my gosh crystal Vista, like because i'm telling you crystal this is free and i'm telling you what there are gonna be a lot of lazy people who don't want to walk up a mile of a, of a mountain and so that's gonna deter a crowd and and the good thing is about crystal vista is that it's just like this wide open space where you can literally like dig fresh like 
into the forest like it's not right it's not it's not tailings it's not like pre-dog i mean there isn't there isn't an old mine there too but so like just in the back of your head if you get into one of these places and you feel it like crystal vista is literally on the same road i believe as like um wagner's oh no uh, um, um not wagner's um um avatar so like there's a there's like three mines. I think Wagner's might be there too. There's like three mines all in like the same area, and yeah. so it, so it's not in either way. Mount Ida is a small area. So if you ever just keep that in the back of your mind, if you're like, okay, this is too much. <laughs> yeah, we 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 have um we're doing. I'm actually set up. We're actually gonna go to Flash Mountain. Uh, like the Ooh. first, like literally, we're driving from Kansas nice. City in the morning, and then I'm actually gonna be digging with the Arkansas Crystal Girls. They're actually oh, gonna be cool. there. So that's that'll awesome. be fun. Yeah. Um, and then we're doing the, the, there's the person that's actually leading the trip. He's been there multiple times. And so we're doing, I know, so Avent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he even set up that they're doing like the wave of light too, which nice. I wish I had Great. the money for that, but um, I can't do the wave of light. So I'm hoping I can get something from some of the people that go. Yeah. And then I know it's Avent and there's a couple other ones, but we've got like, you know, so the, got, like he, yeah. He knows what he's doing and he's got like the it's already reserved and i think one of them we're doing like a pocket dig and and stuff and so oh, nice. yeah. um It'll yeah so i time. yeah i'm really excited and weather. yeah and we decided that because the eclipse is on like monday afternoon and we decided we're not going to leave until tuesday because we don't want to deal with traffic and stuff so it'll be a nice like kind of slow but it ends up being like a whole week because like we're gonna go over the weekend and then it's like well it's two days mm -hmm. to get down there so yeah, um, you'll have a great time. That'll be good. Yeah, and I've been doing some other stuff too. I'm uh, just set up a shop as well. Um, so I'm gonna start selling some rocks yes, and minerals on that, on yeah. Facebook and and yeah. Etsy. I, I set up an Etsy shop too. Oh, so nice. um, now that I got my flat lap, my flat lap came back and it's fixed. So I just started trying to get back into polishing. So I'm gonna get through and start polishing some really cool agates that I've gotten um, from all over. So it's it'll be it'll be nice to actually have some you know rock stuff that I can do. Yeah. Inside. Yes. 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 I haven't actually been selling like just getting the I'm still doing renovations in the house and everything is just like a hot mess. So like I've just been so disconnected, like literally just to the hobby in general, like and I feel it like in my bones, <laughs> like like I haven't been selling. I haven't been playing. I haven't been like exploring. I'm just like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> so <laughs> I am literally ready like to just like i don't even care if i have to go down to well, i guess fossil park actually I, I live right like two seconds from fossil park it's not open yet but like i don't even care if i have to walk around fossil park and just find little like clippings of fossils like i just need to right and collect something like it's oh it's the best part of at least my life i love it miss it yeah i've been we we just got a dog this weekend oh yeah that's funny. and a little bit. i've been trying to spend what's that was it a baby? Is it a puppy? No, he's six years old. Oh, okay. So, okay, um, so he's yeah, like he, trained. Yeah, so he's like potty trained and stuff. But obviously, like uprooting him, he was um, he was a lost dog for a while, and then he went into this you know rescue, and then I adopted him. So he's been like moving around. Um, so just like the fact that I all of a sudden he just appeared in a stranger's home, and I'm like, hey, you're home now. Um, so just like trying to get him to like calm down. And so, you know, like just spending some time with him too. I was like, you know, I should just like sit and like start reading. So I've been like reading some like agate books and things just Aww. to like, 
that's kind of spend some of the time to you know do something rock related while i'm you know kind of stuck inside yeah we've got tom hebert here tonight um and really excited to speak with tom um tom wow i we got a chance to speak with tom like we do with our pre-interviews and i we didn't really get a chance to talk much last time but i like really really feel like love tom's energy um you guys it's gonna be a great show um tom is a director and founder of the earth science foundation um he's gonna dive into this uh, foundation that he founded um and kind of explain a little bit what he does with educating the community um about paleontology um and just everything that he does with this foundation is really cool some of the technology that um he's working with um and trying to get everybody on board with it's really exciting so let's go ahead and bring him out hey tom hey tom hey everybody how are you guys tonight Doing well, doing well. Good. Glad to have you tonight. Uh, I'm excited to be here. And I just got to say that uh, being off stage and listening, I can completely relate to the itch. Um, <laughs> I want to be digging right now. Um, it, it's it's like, oh, it's it's right there. I can, there's no snow. It, it's nice. Um, it's 50 some degrees. I could be digging right now. So uh, yeah, I can completely relate to uh, wanting to be out of the office, out of the yes. house. And uh, let's go find some cool stuff. Yes, really. Absolutely. So, Tom, tell us, tell us a little bit about your journey um, and how you got started in the hobby of collecting. You primarily collect fossils, uh, dinosaur bones, um, and your niche is uh, paleontology. So just tell us a little bit like how you, you know, got started, whether your journey is from, you know, childhood or beyond um, and just go from there and then tell us a bit about your foundation. Absolutely. And and depending on how much time we have, I can start at the very beginning. Um, I was born not a dinosaur person. Um, as a child, I had no interest in dinosaurs. I was not one of those kids that knew every name, um, much like the kids that we deal with with the foundation that, you know, they come up and give me names of dinosaurs. I'm like, that's a new one on me. Um, <laughs> you know more of the names than I do. Um, and actually my love affair with dinosaurs started about 14 years ago. Um, uh, been married and was going through a really bad divorce and had my two daughters. Um, and it sucked. It, I don't recommend it. Uh, if you're married, you know, stay married. Um, and so I'd run a very successful business at that point and, and, um, was that in was the corporate very, world or like you're, yeah, I own my own insurance okay. agency. Okay. okay. So, uh, so it wasn't like an out, wasn't like an outdoor company or anything like that. It was, you know, not anything where you're exploring no. or anything. No, the most exciting exploration I had was dealing with farm insurance. Was walking around on the farm and playing with cows and looking <laughs> at tractors. That was about the extent of my exploration at that point. Um, and um, but I'm grateful for that experience uh, because it gave me the opportunity that uh, during this divorce that summer, I looked at my daughters and said, "All right, you get one week with dad." anything you want to do. I don't care what it is. Just name it. I don't care. We'll spend the money. We're forgetting this garbage. We're going to go have some fun and have some uh, experiences that we can, you know, have something hopefully a little positive to hang on to during this otherwise crappy situation. Right. Um, so my oldest daughter is a huge country music fan. 
and there's a local country music festival here that goes for four days. And she's like, I want to go to the country music festival. Uh, no, no, please God. Anything but that, um, was not oh, looking so, forward. So you're not, you're not a country guy. Okay. I, I am now. Now. Okay. Um, I've been slowly indoctrinated into the country music cult. Um, you know, <laughs> so, so you were I, like, so you just, you did like a bonding thing, right? Like you yeah. just like took one for the team, you know, we yeah. did as parents. <laughs> so we went and, uh, we actually had a blast. I mean, uh, took her backstage and she got to meet like Toby Keith and Keith Urban. Oh, cool. and, I mean, we went all out. We went just, we're going all in on this. Um, and then I looked at my youngest daughter, Emma, and I said, all right, what do you want to do? And I'm like, come on, Hawaii, come on, Germany, let's go someplace cool. <laughs> and she's like, I want to dig dinosaurs. And I'm like, what the oh, hell? That's um, how I got into it too with my daughter. That's how my daughter got me into, and now honestly, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like my daughter now is like, I wish I would have never got you into this because it's like, you turn this into a hobby to an obsession. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, the good news is, is you will end your kid's obsession with this stuff. Just yes. get more involved as a parent yep. and their yep. passion will disappear. Literally. Um, Cause that's literally what happened to my daughter. Broke my heart, but you know, oh, my, too, I, I, mean, I completely feel you. <laughs> yeah. My daughter, Emma has nothing to do with dinosaurs anymore, unless I absolutely beg her to do something yep. to help me out. Um, but uh, she is looking at, uh, she starts college here next fall and uh -huh. looking at marine biology. Oh, cool. um, so she's still in the science field, so we can still talk and she wants to study sharks. And I've been very fortunate that I've made connections with some people that have done some really cool stuff with ancient sharks that might apply to whatever she wants to do. Um, but long story short, found a guy out in South Dakota that would take us out. Uh, so we loaded up the car and drove on out and did the, did the touristy thing in South Dakota and went to the Badlands and Mount Rushmore and the Black Hills. And then we went out and dug dinosaurs and and uh, we're not even out there a half hour. My daughter pulls out a nice little two-inch T-Rex tooth. Her excitement was just what? infectious watching her. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. What? And then uh, my slightly addictive personality with, with a little bit of OCD mixed in for fun, um, I, I just really got into it. I'm like, this is so exciting. And yeah. so, um, you know, I, I I compare it to gambling when I describe it to people. It's like you're sitting in a slot machine and you're pulling the handle and nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. All of a sudden you get a seven and then another seven. And then you're like, yes. oh, come on, third seven. And then you're like, oh, crap, single bar, nothing. But it's similar to that, that yes. when you're out digging and you're using a paintbrush and dental picks and a scalpel and you're just brushing away literally grains of this rock that's, you know, 60, 70, 100 150 million plus years old and all of a sudden you see something you're like oh oh what's that gonna be i can see it and then you start brushing and you're trying not to get too excited because you, you don't want to go too fast i mean one of the things i always tell people when we take them out digging with the foundation that is uh is take what the rock will give you don't force it just yeah. let it come we're in no hurry it's been you know we do a lot of work in the late cretaceous hell creek formation um, so I tell them it's been laying here for 66 million years. It's not going anywhere. Take your time. Um, but it is. And then you start brushing and you start cleaning and all of a sudden it's getting bigger and you're like, yeah, get bigger, get bigger, get bigger. It's going to be awesome. And then suddenly the sun starts going down. And you're like, crap, get smaller, get smaller. I want to get you out. Um, and it never fails that at four 30 in the afternoon, somebody will always find something cool. And then I have to give them that bad news of 
it's going to have to stay here till tomorrow or another day because yeah. we're, we're out of daylight. So just that overall experience. Um, you're, you're saying not to force it. I mean, I've never actually like dug for any kind of dinosaur bones, you know? Well, you and, are welcome uh, to join I, us anytime you want, Amber. Well, thank you. Um, I've done, you know, Great Lakes kind of fossils kind of thing. But so how fragile are these um, fossils? You know, like, you know, you tug too hard, are you going to break it? Like that kind of well, thing? Well, absolutely. Or? Okay. Yeah, they're, they're extremely fragile. Um, you know, it's like one of the things we talk about when we're teaching um, kids or even adults that we take out on digs that have never done it is, you know, one of the things that people like to do is go and just just start jabbing at the earth and and moving as much rock as fast as it yes. can. And, like and, I'm like Dolestone, I'm just taking the sledge and just hitting. Yeah, me. no, don't do that. <laughs> they will explode on you, and then you'll have nothing but a handful of powder going. This used to be a fossil of something. Um, now it's it's calcite or, or calcium it, carbonate or whatever. Well, it's not even powder. Actually, is, I can no. tell you, it's, yeah, tell it's roughly about 32 different chemicals right now. Um, we're doing some, uh, as a foundation, we are working on some really cool research that involves some uh, chemical analysis of dinosaur bones um, using non-destructive technologies. So yeah, I could, I could, you know, pull up data and tell you exactly what they're made of. Um, so, so I guess that, so, so that kind of goes goes with um so like we were just talking about like what you like how you kind of got into this so i guess tell us more about the foundation because we haven't talked about that yet yeah um well you know and it brings us back to the whole story of tom i guess um so i fell in love with the dinosaurs started working as a, a part-time tour guide for the company out in south dakota um and uh did that for about seven, eight years. Uh, and during that time I got remarried and still had my business. And one day I was driving home from my uh, insurance agency and, and I'm like, I just hate my life. <laughs> I I know that I'm so burnt out <laughs> on insurance. I'm so burnt out on people. I mean, I like people for the most part. I really do. As you can yeah. tell, I'm, I'm a fairly outgoing individual. I have no problem with people, but and uh, yeah. I got home, I looked at my new wife and I, and, uh, I said, sweetheart, I said, I think I'm going to sell the business and go back to school and go dig dinosaurs full time. And I was expecting a response of, are you out of your ever loving freaking mind? Right. The, we have a mortgage, we have car payments, we have bills to pay and students don't make any money, first of all, and then paleontologists make even less um, for the most part. And she didn't she literally turned to me and she said it's about time she's like go Aww. this this is what you are supposed to be doing um so i went back to school and i had uh, an idea my first year uh, i was taking a class uh for a program called gis or geographical information systems um some hopefully most of the people are familiar if not it, it's basically in real simple layman's terms it's a program to make maps it, it's that simple um and I was sitting there going, well, why can't we map dinosaurs using this program? It seems pretty easy, straightforward, uh, much better way of, of, you know, curating a site um, digitally rather than in old school paper logs that you're trying to read somebody's handwriting or they spill right. coffee on it or, um, and so I went to the chair of my department and He's like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's do it. We got research grant money for undergrad research. We can help you with some funding. And, and um, 
and we have a geography department that has the equipment that you need to start making the maps. I'm like, all right. So went down and started talking to the chair of the department for the geography uh, department and telling them what I wanted to do with um, using what's called GNSS equipment. Um, if you've ever seen land surveyors and a little stick and the ball that they have on top, that's the type of equipment we were looking at trying to get from the university and they're looking at me going okay so he wants to give you like thirty thousand dollars of equipment that you've never used before i'm like yep he goes and you're gonna take it to south dakota and use it i'm like yep and you're not taking any professors or faculty with you with any experience i said that is correct and they said no no you are not doing that and And i'm like this was the university yep so i'm like okay well this kind of sucks so went back to my chair uh, he's like, well, let's give it a few days, you know, and then I'll go myself and talk to the chair and see what we can get done. In the meantime, b- because of my life experience, I've developed very much a hold my beer and watch this mentality. <laughs> um, please tell me I can't do something and I'm going to figure know, out a right? way to get it done just to, just out of nothing else but pure spite sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started calling manufacturers of the equipment, you know, companies like Trimble and Leica and Carlson Software and, um, leaving messages for these companies just saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. And, um, I was very grateful and very lucky. I left a message for a gentleman named Bruce Carlson, uh, owner and, uh, Carlson software within 24 hours. He had a sales rep from Iowa, a guy named Vlad Nelson calls me and he's like, this is the freaking coolest thing ever we're in. All right. What do you need? I'm wow. like, um, I don't know what I need. I don't even know what I'm doing. I I got the idea. idea. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it happen. So you tell me what I need. And so uh, Lad put this whole package together, about $30,000, worth of -of state-of-the-art surveying uh, GNSS equipment. And it's like, here you go. And then, you know, he took time out of his schedule to teach me and a couple of uh, my classmates how to use it. Actually came out in the field with us the first week to help us make the first maps. Um. And during that process, it, I kind of had a moment where I sat there and said, if I wasn't, you know, 40 years old and had this life experience and knew that there were other ways to potentially skin the proverbial cat, and I was an 18, 19, 20-year-old student and had this idea and heard no, it'd be done. And I'm right. like, how many ideas are lost? Right. Because either the, the university doesn't have funding, the professor's not interested in what you're trying to research, it's not in their specialty. Um, the, you the, don't have the, student, the right accolades behind your name, you know. Absolutely. It's what I refer to as the alphabet soup behind your name. Um, you know, it's it's how many of these ideas get lost that could have changed history, that could have changed something, could have increased our knowledge. Um, right. If nothing helped that student to grow just personally, um, and it kind of pissed me off. Right. And so that's really when the foundation started coming into my mind of creating this environment where we don't say no. We very much like our, uh, if you get a chance, go to our website and read our full vision statement. Um, but to paraphrase it is, is you have an idea and the door is closed on you. We're going to be there to kick it open. I love that. Uh, it's just what we like to do. Um, I oh, take yeah. great pride in being one that bring me the crazy idea. What do you got? I mean, I don't care. Let's figure out how to make this work. Yeah. Um, and that's what really got my brain wrapped around creating this nonprofit in this place, you know, the safe place that people could come with crazy ideas and not be told they're crazy. 
um, or have the door slammed in their face. Um, and then the more I looked at it and the more I started rolling this idea around in my head and going, you know, if it, if I would have had this opportunity when I was a kid to go out and dig and find this passion when I was 10 instead mm-hmm. of in my thirties, right. where would I have been? Where would I be now right. in my career? Where would, what would have been different? So I really wanted to make sure that any student that had an interest, any kid anywhere that had an interest and wanted an opportunity to go out and dig dinosaurs would have it. So we started our free kids dig program where uh, all kids 16 and under come out and dig for free. Um, We used to do everybody for free, but uh, we turned into a daycare center. Um, And so we had to start putting a few curriculum in there, uh, criteria in there to Which by the way, if if there were any educators watching, how would um, a school or even a teacher who was interested in this, how would they be able to, you know, set something up for students? Uh, the easiest way is to go to our website. It's letsdig.org, uh, L-E-T-S-D-I-G.org, um, and just hit the contact button. And when you fill that form out and send that, it actually comes right to me. Um, and I will personally look at it and reach out to you. I mean, I just had one yesterday from a professor at, um, a school out in Montana that has a science fair going on and he's been following us for a couple of years on our social media. Um, yeah, we're on social media, go to Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, you know, uh, was told today that we have to start a TikTok page. Um, I don't even yes, know what the hell you that do. means. You gotta stay with the times. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that means or how to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. Um, you know, maybe it's a way I get my daughter back into dinosaurs is let her, you know, can you run our TikTok and just make videos for us all day? Um, and so that's the best way to get a hold of us. We do programs uh, both in person and virtual. Um, I've presented uh virtually to schools in California, Connecticut, uh, Arkansas, did some things in New Mexico, Colorado, I mean, all over, um, done even virtual meetings overseas. We do have have some veterans that are watching. Um, Shout out to Robert. Shout out to Jake. Um, they're specifically Jake specifically. He was gonna make sure he tuned in because you know he was interested in getting some information because um, you do offer that service to veterans as well, correct? Absolutely. And yeah, I was gonna get to that because it's one of my favorite stories in the world to tell of how um, we created our veterans dig program. Um, we call it our decompression dig program because we really focus on the mental health aspect of oh, that's awesome. digging and being in the dirt. Um, you know, it's very cathartic. There's something very therapeutic about being in the middle of nowhere and just not having a care in the world. Yes. It really, literally, literally. And so how that came to be was, um, after a few years of, of digging myself, um, are you a veteran or? No, my father is. And okay. um, it was my fourth year of out, uh, helping dig out in South Dakota with this company. Uh, my daughter was still in the dinosaurs at the time, and she was developing a good relationship with her grandparents. And she asked if grandma and grandpa could come with this summer for our trip. And I'm like, absolutely. And so we brought them with and did the whole tourist thing with them. 
and then took my mom and dad out actually on a dinosaur dig and um, love my father, but he, he is in many areas, the opposite of me, very quiet, very reserved, not very outgoing. If he says something, it's going to be very gruff and but profound at the same time. Um, and we're out there digging, mind our own business, and he's not saying much, so I don't really think much about it. All of a sudden, about four hours in, he's like, hey, I think I found something. I'm like, oh, really, Dad? I can't wait to see this. You know, sarcastically, <laughs> my mind is going, crazy old man. Um, love you. You're nuts. Um, and uh, I walk over there, and here's this beautiful four-and-a-half-inch T-Rex tooth. He's got it all dug out. Um, it's oh. up on what we call a plateau wow. where he's actually, he's got it on a pedestal. It's just on the rock. It's just, he, it was like he had a God-given gift. He just knew how to Aww. do it. And it was laying there beautifully. I'm like, all right, that's uh yeah, dad, you found something. He's like, yeah, I know what it is too. I'm like, okay, what is it? He's like, that's a T-Rex tooth. I'm like, you're damn right it is. All right, dad. All right. <laughs> and, um, and I love telling the story because it's at this moment where I look at my dad and say, okay, pick it up. He's like, uh-uh, I'm going to break it. And my dig site dad, shut up and pick it up. Do as you're told. Um, and I said, that's why we have glue. And that's why we, you know, we're good. Go ahead. And, and my dad picks this thing up and he's cradling his hands like a, a, a like a like newborn a baby. baby. It was just, <laughs> uh, and the smile on his face, his pictures all over our website and social oh, media all the time, so because precious. it's one of my favorite pictures. And I look at him and I say this to everybody I take out digging when they're, you know, when they find something and they have that moment of discovery and then I tell them to pick it up and I, and I say, all right, dad, you do realize that you are the first human being that has ever held that ever such an incredible feeling. And, you know, we had our, um, and just that joy on his face. And so as I played that memory over my head all the time, I'm like, wait a minute, maybe this is something we can do for our veterans that are struggling. Yeah. You know, or or even our veterans that are transitioning out of their military service and looking for another career now, uh, they come with a certain set of skills already built yeah. in that this is a good field to get into, whether it's geology, surveying, paleontology, archaeology, anthropology, um, any of those things. And so um, I had a veteran out a few years ago um, on our first uh real veterans dig that we had and um we found some uh really cool dinosaur material and he was working on it and he was digging it and you know I get to that point where like i would say all right pick it up i want you to hold it and you know i get the same thing oh, i'm gonna break it i don't care break it don't break it. just pick it up um you know it's part of this this experience yeah um and he picks it up and you know, I'm like, you're the first person that's ever held that. It's the first time that this thing has ever seen daylight. Yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, you know, when it's, it's, when something becomes fossilized, there's certain criteria it has to meet in order to become a fossil. It has to die. It has to be buried really quickly. There's got to be, you know, some kind of diagenetic process, which is a really fancy way of saying different elements and chemicals get introduced and replace the calcium phosphate mm -hmm. and harden yeah. it and make it a mineral um yep. and so this thing's never seen daylight until you found it and i'm like i don't care what you've done before this i don't care what you do after this nobody can no. take this moment yeah. from you yep and he starts crying oh, and i'm like you're oh, gonna make me oh, cry. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. 
shit, I broke him. Um, oh, can I say that? <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, that's I mean, fine. We'll well, I, 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 I take it out. I take it out for the so. for the. Uh, I've I've taken many many of those. Yes. Uh, there's yep. many little silent persons. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I, I oh shoot, <laughs> I broke him. Um, you know, and I was I was concerned at this moment, going, okay, that's not a response I was anticipating. Um, right. And uh, we stop, and I'm like, you know, are you okay? And and he looks at me, and he goes, I've taken a lot of lives in the service of my country and to protect our freedoms. Uh. And I just brought something back to life. And um, I mean, it still gets yeah. me emotional when I tell the yeah, story. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, that's making me choke up. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why our vets program, we're actually um, working on, uh, we're creating our own separate webpage for it. We want to really develop that program uh, even more because yeah, I think that's, that's as much as it was an enjoyable experience of my dad and him being a Vietnam veteran and seeing what it did for him, yeah. Having that interaction and hearing what it meant for this particular soldier. Yeah. I, I have to do whatever I can now. Yeah. I, I'm absolutely. extremely lucky. I have lived a life that I don't deserve. I have enjoy way more fun and freedom than I ever could possibly pay back. Um, I mean, I, I uh, use the thing all the time. Um that I'm a 12 year old with a checkbook now. I mean, that's really my mentality. I, I get to be a kid every day. And these men and women have done things that we don't even want to talk about. Right. Um, and to, to if I can do this for them, yeah. yeah. why the hell wouldn't I do it? Yeah. And, and what really bothers me is, is why, why is it so hard to fundraise for this? Why is it so hard to get people to go, Oh, sure. I'll donate a little money if you're going to take them up for free because our veterans dig program, they don't pay for travel. They don't pay for lodging. They don't pay for meals. They don't pay for anything. That's crap. This is the absolute least I can do to repay them for the freedom that honestly I take for granted most days. And so it it is one of those things that, and hopefully I don't come across too aggressively, but I'm extremely passionate about it. No, Um, no, no. I appreciate the passion. I'm the same way. So, um, so that you know our vets program is is so much fun and it's amazing seeing how these individuals that uh <laughs> thoughts on amber oh i've got lots of thoughts on amber i found lots of it and yeah, no i, I gonna, don't as you say, as i you don't believe we bits. can clone dinosaurs from mosquitoes and amber i hate <laughs> the movie i've never even watched all of them um I, as a you know a paleontologist it, it they offend me so, um, so so talking about the fossils then so what do you do then after you get these out of the ground where where do they go uh, we generally speaking um they either maintain stay in the foundations uh custody we have a facility in a building up in a little town in uh roundup montana um yes just north of billings yep yeah, about an hour north of billings um and uh, we've done a lot of work up there with our kids dig program. That's where uh, a couple of our vets digs have occurred up there. Um, everything that we have found in that area um, has gone into the Muscle Shell Valley Historical Museum. That's right in Roundup. We actually uh, fundraised and got some grants and built a 750 square foot addition onto their museum just for dinosaurs. Um, oh, wow. It really helped promote that community. So, and- so backing up. So just real quick. So you're talking about a specific area. So I take it 
where you typically do your collecting is somewhere where you've been granted permission in this particular area then? So like yes, if somebody, yeah. so if somebody like a veteran was like, oh, I want, I totally want to do this. Where do I go? Where, so where's the location where you kind of send um, the, where do you go for your digs? But right now we have five locations we can go to. Um, okay. In Montana? We have, three, or... we have three ranches in Montana. Okay. Um, we have some uh, acreage state land that we can dig on in Wyoming in conjunction with uh, Sheridan College okay. um, and the Museum of Discovery there in Sheridan, Wyoming. Um, and then uh, we have a five-year partnership agreement that we're working with the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe out in North and South Dakota. Okay. Um, to help them with their paleontological resources. Uh, and um, if you don't know the history of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and paleontology, uh, that's a whole nother episode. I could talk for hours on it. Um, it's a very, very sad, it, it, it's an exciting, then sad, and then super exciting story. Um, overall, we're, we're just really humbled and blessed to be able to even have the opportunity to go and work um so we have a, a lot of places to go um okay. most of the stuff just, we do just for like if someone was like watching this and they're like okay this is great i want to do it and i live in new york where would i be going so you're talking wyoming north south dakota and what was um, montana montana okay um okay. and we have other places that are potentially opening up um we're developing some further relationships um in arizona new mexico colorado utah um, so, so we're expanding. getting more and more stuff done. I would love to figure out a way to get some, uh, land out East somewhere, uh, on the East coast to make it a little easier for people to participate, um, and hopefully not have to travel as much. Um, but at the same time, I look at it that for me and my personal experience and starting out with this is the travel to get there was almost as much fun as the actual experience of digging there. I mean, that time with my daughter and, and my parents and then my uh, current wife and her two boys that are now my two boys and our road trips back and forth and oh, the, the car God. out there. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, yep. I, I would encourage times. Yep. Uh, families to, to, to do it. Absolutely. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's just been a, a blast. And then the work that and we're you doing. You know what? The kids the kids will say they hated it or they'll say, oh, my God, we were in the car this long. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. A year later, months later, they come back to those the, that time in the car when this happened or this. They talk about it and their memories and oh. they hated it at the time. But these are long lasting memories that they'll never have again. Obviously, their memories, but they're, like they're they imprinted on them and it was a oh, positive and so it's like even if you're like your parent you're like oh my god they're gonna complain they're gonna hate it yeah they, they probably will but trust me in the long run they they will they come back to that memory and it, oh. it gets me every time every vac every family vacation i've had my kids have complained but then like years later when they come back to me and they're like remember when we did this and it just makes your heart just like melt because you're like oh my god you actually did have a good time wait a <laughs> so minute you were like, lying to me the whole time and said it yeah sucked. like take you those little, road trips you yes. little brat no <laughs> um i mean yeah because it is it's you know that's how it started was i wanted to create this opportunity for experiences with my daughters yeah and and yep. and now it's this and it's morphed into this completely different 
you know, it's don't get me wrong. There were times on that road trip where, Oh yeah. You know, trust me. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I want to reach in the back seat and slap you around a little bit. And, but yeah, now I'm I sitting mean, here going, if it wasn't for her saying, I wanted to dig dinosaurs, yes. I wouldn't be where I am right now. That's and exactly my life, I don't yes. care how much some of it sucked and I don't care how much of it was great. It, I have to be grateful for that. Yeah. And the minute I lose gratitude for that experience, I don't need to be here anymore. I'm offering no value to anyone the minute I lose that. And it really is one of those things behind my aspirations for this foundation is it, 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 it's coming from a place of just being of service. How can we help? What can we do? What can we do to encourage, you know, um, kids to get involved with science? And then now that we got them involved in science, what can we do to hopefully inspire them to be more involved in their education? So when we're out digging, we talk about things like math and why right. it's really important to do good at math. Because, yeah. you know, if we find this femur and we measure it, yeah. you know, and we multiply it by a known constant, we can tell you how big this dinosaur was. So speak, speaking about that, um, Jacob Stafford, uh, he actually commented on the post of this. So the comments weren't showing up. Um, he, he mentioned, uh, I want to come work for you guys. So if someone wanted to help <laughs> See, for the foundation, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let, let me just say something real quick. Okay. Amber's Jake like, you're second, you're second. I'm working no, for no, 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 no. <laughs> Jake and I are like BFFs. Like Jake is like, literally like, okay. You know how there's like that person on Instagram that you send a hundred memes to or a hundred Instagram reels to that are funny like all day and you don't reply to each other you just send a thousand like that's me and Jake okay so like Jake <laughs> is good people Jake is good people and I'm telling you if he wants to work for you he will like literally like I, it, it would be a match made in heaven so and, so and if Jacob or somebody it. else wanted that if, if they wanted <laughs> to help your foundation or come work for you what what would you say to them uh you know, the biggest thing is, is, is reach out, you know, go to our website, hit the contact button, you know, start that conversation. I, I can't reach out to you because I don't even know you exist right now. <laughs> Please let me know you exist. Please let me know that this is something you are interested in or you're passionate about or want to help in some way, shape or form. And I don't care what form that is. Because, you know, as my mom always said, many hands make light work. And the more hands we get and the more people we get involved and oh, the more yeah. people we get talking about this and the, the more impact we can have. Yes. Like that, that have share that same passion and just that drive to just want to be a part of something great and grow. It's like, like it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, and Josh asked, um, how, how can I do it? Cause this is, is it a nonprofit that the yes, foundation yeah, is set up as? Yep, we are a full 501c3. We have our IRS designation, and so all donations are tax deductible. Um, I don't sit there and brag about that because I want people to donate because they love what we're doing, not because they get a tax break for it. Um, to me, that should be ancillary. But to answer your question, Joshua, best way is to go to the website, letsdig.org, and right on the front page, you'll see our brand new logo that we just created, which is actually behind me on the wall here. Um, and next to it should be a button that says support us or donate. And you just click that and it'll take you right to the donation page. You can um, do a one-time. Uh, we have people that do recurring monthly donations, much like you see for, you know, donate X amount of dollars and we'll send you a free t-shirt type of thing. Um, 
And that's the best way to do it. Um, if you're interested in volunteering or want to come on a dig or even just want to talk to me, just send us a message through um, the website. You can also find us on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Uh, the Earth Sciences Foundation's on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. Um, our Instagram is show, at, uh, I think our Instagram handles at ESF Let's Dig. Um, so reach out to us. Uh, I love hearing from people. I love getting the questions. Um, is one of the things that kind of keeps me energized is to realize that maybe I am having a little bit of an impact because it is one of those areas where, you know, we have amazing moments. Like I love to tell a story. Uh, if I may, I don't know how much I, I can talk all night. So you tell me when you want to shut me up. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, Go on. <laughs> Cause I've been very fortunate to have so many cool experiences. Um, that I, I, again, I just, I shake my head most days and go, I don't deserve any of this, but, um, I talk about a young girl I met, uh, five years ago. Her name is Lindsay. Um, Lindsay was this, you know, sweetest little girl from South Dakota, um, very much into science, um, very quirky, very, she's her own person and she was not ashamed of it and, um, absolutely loved it. And, um, this is when I was uh, helping the other company and had her out and it was the first time she'd been digging. She loved dinosaurs. She, she wanted to be a paleontologist and she was, you know, uh, we hear it all the time and we're out there digging and her and I just kind of connected, you know, and um, shared a lot of stories about my experience in school, shared a lot of um, her experiences of what she's going through at school. Um, and, uh, we're just digging and all of a sudden she starts, she's finding something. She's like, Hey, I think I found something. I look over and, and if you get a chance to, to, if you ever seen a T-Rex tooth on display or seen one in person or anything, they're shiny. They have enamel on them. You oh, can wow. tell what they are in the ground pretty quick. And she's got one, she's working on one. And I look over and she's like, I think I found something. I look over to the hill like this. I'm like, yeah. I said, you know what to do? Just, you know, keep brushing, take what it'll give you go from what you can see to what you can't see. And take your time. I knew what she was. I wasn't about to tell her what she was working on. And all of a sudden she gets up. She's like, oh my God, Tom, Tom, is that a T-Rex tooth? I'm like, yeah, yeah. You just dug up a T-Rex tooth. And um, we've just bonded over this. She's now 18, graduated high school last year. She's now a freshman at South Dakota School of Mines, pursuing a degree in paleontology. Awesome. Um, we oh, still talk. Impact. You know, uh, sadly, we've had some really bad stories. Um, Lindsay and I were in a very bad car accident two years ago. Um, and, um, her father was with us and one of our college interns was with us. Um, here's your PSA, wear your seatbelts. Um, if I didn't say that loud enough, I can do it again. But, um, uh, what happened is the leaf spring on my truck broke and the axle shifted and we rolled and flipped a couple times at about 70 miles an hour. And, uh, to this day, I still don't know how. Uh, three of the four of us literally walked out of there with nothing. Um, and the three of us had our seatbelts on. One who did not uh, ended up breaking his neck. Um, not paralyzed, completely recovered. Um, it was Lindsay's dad. And um, so, yeah, PSA, wear your damn seatbelts, folks. Um, please. Uh, it, it, I believe to this day it saved my life and Lindsay's life and Keegan's life and her dad. Um and, you know, but so 
Lindsay and I have had these experiences now that it's very much a, a father daughter relationship almost where, mm-hmm. you know, she'll text me and, you know, I text her and go, Hey, how did your first semester go? How are your grades? Oh, my grades weren't well, you know, I was struggling with my, this math class. I'm like, well, why the hell didn't you say something? Mm-hmm. You know, it, just let me know. I, I, I can help. I'm pretty good at math. I mean, I, I've taken all the way through Calc 2. I, I think I can handle algebra right now. Um, and so it, those are the things that, it, yeah. it is, it's just, you, you can't even imagine it. It's just, yeah. um, and then like the story with the veteran and, and what happens there. And then yeah. the work we're doing at the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and to see that pride that is coming from them and the excitement that is building in these communities around um, their land and how lucky and fortunate I've been to be introduced to this amazing culture that for the most part, we're ignorant about. We don't know much about it. I I absolutely would say that the average American is very not knowledgeable about native culture and history. And so, and and it is, it's one of those things now where I'm like, you know, I have an opportunity now to, to help expand their cultural heritage, to help tell their story. Yeah. Um, you know, but not really tell it from my point of view. I want to be a mouthpiece for them. This is your story. Like part of our agreement with them is most people probably know that when somebody finds a dinosaur, you know, you've got Sue, the T-Rex, you got Stan, the T-Rex, you got big John, the Triceratops, you got Scotty up in uh, Canada they mostly name it after the person who discovered it. Um, part of our agreement and partnership with the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe is that all the dinosaurs that we find for them on their land, one, belong to them. They're theirs. We do not take them. They do not leave their land. They go into their museum. Uh, we're building a brand new museum with them um, and cultural heritage center. Uh, but we name all those dinosaurs in Lakota. We're naming them in their language. These are oh, your dinosaurs. You know, white people have been screwing you long enough. And I'm sorry if you get offended by that. It says more about you than me. Um, you know, it, this is an opportunity for them to tell their story. Um, and we're just doing so many unique things with, with that partnership um, and developing some new technologies. So hopefully uh, someday one of my selfish, you know, grandiose goals in life is to figure out a way to repatriate stolen fossils to Native American tribes. So what's been dug up on their land and stolen and put somewhere else. How do we get that back? Um, it's theirs and it, and it's culturally significant for them. Um, well, you know, your, 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 um, what is that that you're doing? That GIS mapping database thing could really help with that, you know? Yeah, we're, we're doing some pretty cool stuff. Well, I mean, um, like it would help with, you know, I, you know, knowing where things were found exactly. And, you know, not, yeah, I mean, we're we're working with a couple really cool technologies. Um, we are using, uh, again, back to GIS, uh, basically a really fancy map making program. Um, does more than that, but uh, again, that could be a whole other show just talking about that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we started off, you know, I started off with the idea of making this map and now it's morphed into, you know, what else can we do with this now? Yeah. And, um, now we're doing things where we're collecting chemical data uh, from the fossils and from the, the what's called the matrix, the rock around it. 
And now we can catalog that inside of the map. And now we can do some really cool uh, analysis type things within this program to analyze that data, look at it and, and see what it can tell us. Um, and right now it, it's, you know, I, I can share some, don't want to share a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think it's just kind of like basic thing just with your foundation itself, because it's like in the infancy and, and early stages, it's like it's it's endless opportunities of what you can do offer and you have like an open door to like you have an idea. Let's make it happen. And let's let's it's like the sky's the limit kind of thing. And I think that's really beautiful. Like you're not. You can just tell from your passion, your drive, and your direction that it's just like, let's make this happen. Whatever it is, let's make it happen. You have an idea, let's do it. Because how many ideas are out there that aren't being brought to fruitation that could literally benefit millions of people and 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 just be a better resource for all of us to learn from? So I, 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 I really, really... I find your passion for what you're doing to be incredibly inspiring. Well, thank you, Amber. I appreciate it. It's, you know, I, I hear that and it's always the same response for me of um, humility of just, I don't feel like I've done anything to deserve anything. Um, I don't really deserve any credit for anything. I'm just a guy that just, wants to see things get done i want to see people have opportunities you know we we talk about you know one of the things that's talked about right now a lot is privilege when it comes especially to white privilege in this country and so on and so forth and if you take a look at what privilege really means it means that we get to operate in an area of the world where there are no barriers there are no things really in our way and i want everyone to have human privilege there are no obstacles. Kick the damn door down. Let's figure out how to get this done. If you've got a passion, you've got an excitement, you've got a willingness, you know, I can give you everything that I have. I can give you every opportunity. I can take you to places and allow you to explore your passions. I can do all that. But I always tell everyone the same thing is the one thing I can't give you is willingness. And if you have the willingness to do whatever it takes because you want to do something, I got your back. I'm going to support you. And I don't, I don't care. You know, uh, I have many detractors. I have many people in this world that don't like me um, because of what I'm trying to do and how I'm trying to do it. And, and honestly, I don't care. Uh, um, you know what? I love that because I have that same mentality. <laughs> and you don't, you don't really honestly come across a whole lot of people that really just don't give an F. And just have, because they're so driven by their passion, they're so driven by their passion to want to see things better, to see change, to see progress that like, that's, that's their laser focus that like all the other stuff, the other, other bull stuff is like, bull BS, like whatever, I don't care. Let's just keep moving. Like you don't see a lot of people like that. So like, I literally really appreciate that mentality because it's like those trailblazers that make things happen. And so we need people like that. We need people like that. Well, I appreciate it. And, and you know, I appreciate what you're saying. And, and I don't consider myself a trailblazer or anything like that. I just, like I said, I'm just a guy that, if I see something that's that 
doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make it make sense. You know, there's there's no reason for these barriers to exist anymore. There's no reason that if Amen. you know I. And it's one of the other programs we just developed. We actually partnered with a company called OneScreen um, that makes these really cool, smart, interactive smart boards that you see in classrooms oh, and everything yes. all over. You mentioned um, that. Yes. Let's talk about that. And so we just developed this partnership with them where we're actually a distributor for the smart board because I wanted to figure out a way of how we can get this experience to places that they may not be able to travel to us. Um, whether that has something to do with physical limitations uh, socioeconomic limitations, uh, geographic limitations. Um, I want to try and remove all of those if I can and allow them to have as much of an experience as humanly and technologically possible. So work with them to develop this and, and we're rolling out a new program called our ICE program, which stands for in-class explorations um, or is yes. it in-class expeditions? Yes one or the other, um, <laughs> it's out there somewhere where we're going to not only work with them to get them the smart board in their classroom that they can use all the time for all their class subjects, so on and so forth, but they get a subscription that they can log in live and interact with me and our team and those out digging. We're, we're on the dig site and it's live and they can ask us questions real time. So cool. And, um, you know, be able to, you know, I can turn to them and say, all right, kids, here we are at the dig site. Here's this beautiful outcrop of rock and you can see all the different things that are here. And, you know, what do we want to do today? Do we want to talk about why these rocks are here and how they were formed? Do we want to talk about what the environment was like here 66 million years ago, or do we want to find really cool dinosaurs? And you know what's really cool about kids is because, like, you know, they 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 want to run the show because everyone's always running the show for them. So, like, to have that opportunity to be able to tell you what to do, oh, my God. Like, that's genius. Kids are going to love that. Like, okay, we get to tell him where to go. Okay, let's do it. And that just to have that engagement and that excitement is totally going to just pull them in. And then as you're pulling them in, you're just slowly like laying these seeds of blossoming ideas and thoughts for them that later may come about to be something grand, you know? So I, I just love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I'm super excited for it because I think it's going to be just, it's so much fun. Um, I love taking anybody out on a dig. I love seeing their first experience. Um, I love seeing how it, shifts the paradigm and the way they view their life. Um, because once you've been out, at least for me, and I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I, I can, in my experiences and the experiences I've seen for other people that once you've dug up a dinosaur, you realize how absolutely small and insignificant we really are. Um, I mean, it, it, we're a blip on the radar um, as, as humans go, period. Um, if I did a project many years ago about breaking down geologic time into the lifespan of a human being. And we would literally spend about the last three seconds of our life with humans on this planet. The rest of our life would, you know, our first 60 plus years were spent alone. There was not another living thing here. Um, and so, but being able to turn to them and go, all right, kids, should we dig to the left? Should we dig to the right? Yeah. What do you think? Should we walk all the way over to that hill over there and check that out? Or, you know, what, what do we want to do? Cause I do think giving them that sense of empowerment of, I have a say in what we're doing. 
I have a say in what's going on with my life to a point. I mean, you're still a child. We still have to protect yeah, you yeah, and yeah. watch out for you. But sure. it, it it is. It's that opportunity of, you know, I've heard some of the craziest things from kids because the one thing that's beautiful about kids is they have not been conditioned like us adults. They have not heard no. They have not been beat down. They have not been, um, you know, conditioned to be concerned about what other people's opinions are. So right. they will say whatever pops into their head. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Tom, do you think it'd be possible if we, you know, set off an explosive over there? If we could figure out where dinosaur bones are from the echoes or something. And I'm like, you know what? That's a really good idea. Let's blow something up once. You know, <laughs> um, you know I, we had a kid once that had just made one of those um, silly uh, vinegar baking soda volcanoes. Yeah. In class. And uh, he, he asked the question, like, well, what would happen if we put baking soda and vinegar on top of a fossil? What would happen? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. Let's find out. So we walked down to the hardware store and bought some baking soda and some vinegar. And we had some little chunks of broken old dinosaur bone that I couldn't tell you what they were from. They were, you know, completely undefinable. And put a little baking soda on, put the vinegar on it. It all started fizzing. And hey, look at that. It actually kind of cleaned it up a little bit. I wonder why that is. And then we started talking about chemistry. And all of a sudden, the, this this young mind is just expanding at a rate that I can't even stop it now. It's like, well, yeah, but what if we used more baking soda? And what if we used a little stronger acid? And I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's see what happens. What the hell? You know? And it's amazing what comes from just things that once they're done like this, like, oh, well, you know, why hasn't anybody ever tried this before? Well, because as adults, we're like, yeah, that's stupid. This, no, we got to make this way more complicated. We got to add way more minutiae to it. And so um, it's such a joy to be able to work with them. And so I could go on for hours about just all of that. Cause it's, it really is truly the, best experiences that I've had is just out in the field with people um, watching the kids learn, watching them ask questions, watching the adults get even more excited too. going, Oh, wait a minute. What did I find? And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you asked about where all our stuff goes um, and, you know, our stuff goes in museums. And when it goes in museums, we put up signs and those signs have the, you know, the person who found its name is on that sign so they can go to the museum and go, that's my name. I found that. Yeah, you did. You know, so uh, so that that's one one thing that I wanted to talk about, because we've talked a lot about the foundation and the um, act of digging, um, but we didn't talk too much about the fossils. So I was like, you mentioned the T-Rex a lot. So I know with Hell Creek, with it being Cretaceous. Um, I've got an idea, but like, what are like some of the other fossils then that you find? Uh, you know, have, good question, Ben, because yeah, most of the work that we do is in the Cretaceous, mostly Hell Creek. Um, we do a little bit in the Lance Formation, a little bit in the Judith River Formation, um, uh, and a, a little tiny bit in the Pierre Shale and Bear Paw Shale. Um, so we generally speaking find some of the most iconic dinosaurs people think of. I mean, T-Rex, you know, everybody knows T-Rex, everybody loves T-Rex, um, but your Triceratops, um, 
Uh, another one called uh, uh, duckbill dinosaur, uh, hadrosaur, um, specifically uh, Edmontosaurus and nectins. Um, I always tell people if you've ever seen the movie Land Before Time and you remember little mm. ducky on there, yeah. we're finding ducky all grown up. <laughs> um, so this is ducky's mom. Um, she's been dead for a while, but she had a great life. She was full size. Um, you know, uh, so those are the really the most common ones we find. Um, other things we find frequently are uh, different types of, of crocodilias, um, gators, um, turtles, um, because the area we we're in was a, 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 an area of floodplain and braided streams and this really, really diverse ecosystem across the interior uh, plains of the uh, of the modern United States at the time it was under ocean and shoreline and um, so those are a lot of things we find um, we find things uh, different species of raptors um, uh, occasionally uh, we find pterosaur parts um, hmm. my personal favorite is one called a pachycephalosaurus Oh, okay. That's the ones with the like big head that they think yeah, like they, they like the, rammed into each other. Or they something. look like yeah. this. Yeah, I like the dome head, I, and then all I the like spikes those. off of it. Um, I like those. Don't laugh too hard, Ben. I do that trick all the time. Um, <laughs> it is. It's honestly one of the reasons why it is one of my uh, um, favorite dinosaurs. Personally, is because I just think it's funny that I, I've had many kids go. Your head kind of looks like the Pachycephalosaurus dome. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I kid. used to get offended by it. Now I'm just like, you're absolutely right. I stole its look, or it's oh, stole mine, or you know, maybe cute. it's my it's my relative, it's my great uncle. Um, <laughs> no, there's no no. Um, we'll end that conversation right now. Um, <laughs> but the other reason I'm really interested in that one is because we don't know the Pac Man. Think cars. <laughs> <laughs> Who is I'm that? gonna start who? a new Twitter who handle is? with that. That's I need my to new know Twitter. who is that YouTuber. Like, who who is this? Like, I don't know, but oh. that is awesome. Oh wait a minute! Did, I actually thought that was Kelsey. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know why I thought I was just looking at the name. I didn't see the picture. My bad. That is awesome. Thank you so much for that. Can I can I use that? Can I steal it or? or um, and, uh, Thanks for watching. <laughs> yeah, and so. But again, back to why, you know, we don't know much about it. We've never found really a complete specimen. And so I'd really be excited, you know, from a very selfish standpoint to be able to find a complete one or fairly complete one um, and really increase our knowledge of that uh, particular animal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's just a ton of things. Uh, recently got the opportunity working with uh, the Museum of Discovery out in Sheridan, Wyoming, to get a chance to go out to the famous Morrison Formation. Um, where we find the giant sauropods, those huge, long neck, long tail, you know, cool. monstrously cool. huge, you know, their femurs as big as I am tall. Um, uh, so that's been 18. exciting. But yeah, so I've had the opportunity to start working out in the Morrison Formation a little bit. And it's such a different world. It's amazing to me, this, the the geologic difference of the rock, uh the, the difference in the, the dinosaurs, but yet how very similar they are, you know, uh, sizes, uh, that's the big difference. But, you know, the femur looks like a femur looks like a femur. I mean, 
Um, You know, one of the displays we have out in Roundup, Montana at the museum is we literally have a cow femur next to the head of a femur from an Edmontosaurus. And they're the same shape. They're the same. They they look identical. Like I'm a nurse and I can look at a dinosaur femur and I can say that's a femur because I've seen human femurs. So it's like, like it's a femur. (laughs) And and so it just amazes me that how it's so similar. Yeah. Yet you look at it and go, there's a huge variation. Like um, we talked about the Edmontosaurus, we talked about the Triceratops, we talked about T-Rex and, you know, having had experience for the last 13 years of digging these things up, I've learned some things about them um, very specific to to the fossils in my experience. And I'm sure if there's any academics out there, they're going to argue and fight with me about it. And that's fine. I understand it's not applicable in all situations, but like uh, T-Rex belongs to to the theropod family um, and their bones are hollow. You know, so if you find a bone and you're out digging and it's hollow and it's big, odds are it's from a T-Rex. If it's okay. if you're in the right rock, depending on, you know, obviously speaking of Hell Creek specifically, it, it's going to be T-Rex. If it's smaller well, okay, now it could be uh, part of the dromaeosaurs, which is your raptors, because um, the dromaeosaurs and theropods are where modern birds came from. And so they have hollow bones, just like modern birds. Um, but then you go and look at like an Edmontosaurus and a Triceratops, and you look at the um, bone marrow of it when it fossilizes. Yeah. And it, I found in my experience that if if it has really hard bone marrow, like you could tap on with your fingers and it's solid. Yeah. Generally speaking, it, I found that it is uh, nine times out of 10 going to be a triceratops. Um, okay. Where if you poke it with like your finger and it starts to turn into powder and disintegrate, it, it's generally going to be an Edmontosaurus. Uh, for some reason, it seems like the bone marrow fossilizes differently between those two species. Um, and I'm no, sure I there's don't... somebody out there that knows why. I was gonna say, are they like, are they in the same era? Is there like a time frame difference? Oh yeah, they're, they, we'll find them right next to each other, literally okay. laying right next to each other. Okay. Um, they're both from you know sixty six million years ago or okay. so. Okay. okay. Um, it, so it's it's it, it's interesting, and and those are things that I you know why is that? I'm sure somebody knows the answer, and if they do, great, you know. Um, but it's just those things that I found are are really compelling when it comes to comparing this versus that Um, so it's it's interesting because you're you're you may not know why but you're observing a difference as you're out in the field and just that observation alone is help you learn the difference between the two and i think that's an interesting point to help other people who are out there and digging up things like you may not know why they're different but you are observing there is a difference and that alone is significant to help you learn the difference in between what you're finding. And I just say that specifically because there's a lot of people who are in this hobby who don't have an educational background. They purely go off observation. Like this is Mm -hmm. obviously a different texture. You know, this is obviously like the density is different, you know, the, the, all of that. And, and those, that, those little things mean a lot to people who 
don't have the understanding of why they just know they're different and that's a compelling difference so i mean i i just just want to bring that out for people who are well, in this hobby who don't have an education and may not know why and that's okay it's the fact that you are observing a difference so right so i, I in that same vein um i'm gonna go on a slight tangent with with this yeah. um we we've okay. talked about this kind of in the pre-interview we talked about this i've talked about this with some other people um but some people that aren't in you know the academic side or maybe you're just like general public they might be saying you know you're a nonprofit organization why are you digging up fossils and keeping them yourselves where like say paleontologists should be the ones that are digging them up and studying them because they're the ones in the academic world and they're the smartest people or, or whatever. Um, and I know there's the whole other side of this too, where there's the commercial side where people are digging them up themselves and not putting them in museums, but they're keeping them and selling them. So I guess in, in that whole world of, you know, digging up let's dinosaur bones. Dive in. Yes, yes. Let's talk about that because <laughs> like I said, I know we've talked about it off, you know, yeah, off screen. Yeah, let's stir but... the pot. Let's, yeah, I, I like let's it. some people it. off tonight. No. <laughs> um, you know, we don't keep them for ourselves. Everything that we get it will end up in a museum. Um, a lot of times, the biggest struggle we run into right now is we work with a lot of museums that are smaller and don't necessarily have space for everything. So we end up storing them at our facility until we change out their display cases for them and put new stuff in, take old stuff out. Um, so it doesn't really belong to us. We're just basically a steward. Uh, and hold it until it goes on display in a museum somewhere. Um, we don't want our own, uh, as a foundation, we don't want our own private collection. That is not our goal. It's not our mission. Um, our mission is to get this out and make it accessible to everyone. And it's not accessible to everyone if we have it under a lock and key in our building. Um, so it has to be in public display somewhere. Um, and, and that's why we're excited about some of the partnerships we have you know, like the one we had with uh, Up and Roundup with Muscle Show County and putting everything out in the museum there. What, the work we're doing with uh, the Sheridan College uh, Museum of Discovery in Wyoming, the work we're doing out with the Standing Rock. And we're, you know, we've got plans drawn up for about a 200,000 square foot Institute of Natural History that's being built there. So, um, <laughs> Joe, when you're introduced academia, that's when corruption runs rampant. Sorry. Uh, at the risk of if there's any academics out there listening, there's a risk of pissing them off. I, I kind of agree with you, Joe. Um, there's so many examples of this whole publish and perish mentality uh, that really has infiltrated paleontology. Um, it, it goes back to Ben's point of shouldn't paleontology be studied? The problem is, is, is there's not a lot of paleontologists. They don't have a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. Um they don't have the ability to go out and save these things before they're lost forever to history and to mother nature. Um, and so I, I feel like there's gotta be this balance between the academic world, the nonprofit world, and you, and you bring up the commercial world. Um, and you know, the commercial world and the academic world, they hate each other. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even pleasant um and, and it's understandable their opinions are what they are but i feel like i i'm i'm personally with the foundation we're kind of in a middle ground where we're kind of cutting our own lane 
We're not 100% academic. We're not commercial because we don't sell anything. You know, we're kind of cutting our own independent lane, hopefully. I think that that there needs to be a separate, a whole, things shouldn't be just so black and white, cut and dry. I mean, like humans aren't black and white, cut and dry. I mean, there should be great areas. There should be an area where like things just don't fit. <laughs> and I like that. Like, like you're, that's where, that's where things grow and change and progress and, and ideas fruit, fruit, you know, you're, when you're when you're beginning to dive into this middle ground area where you're sitting, I I, I think that's necessary. Well, and and it's it's interesting, Amber, is is the fact that if we don't start expanding this circle and allowing more people the opportunity to participate in it, yes, you know, you're gonna run into scenarios where like weatherization takes everything away and we don't get a chance and opportunity to learn. <laughs> it's well, it, like what are we absolutely doing, <laughs> I mean well and it's not just mother nature taking it away. It's right. you know it's you look at certain states out west, there are specific museums that have a monopoly over anything yes. that's found there on state and federal land. Yeah. Well how the hell is that fair? You know you know how is it fair that you know you control this resource and you're not willing to share that with anyone. And then not, not even that is, is now you as an institution are full. You are at capacity. You cannot house any more stuff. You cannot dig up any more stuff. Your resources are spent and there's organizations out there that are saying we're willing to help. We're not here to try and take it. We're not here to steal it. We're not here to sell it. We're here to create the opportunities that you preach about, but can't do anymore. And then you want to have the audacity to judge me on how the hell I do this. Yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah, if I offend somebody, so be it. Let's have the conversation. Anytime they want to argue this with me, let's get in a room and talk. But it's yeah. funny because I have institutions out West that absolutely despise me and they talk crap about me yet. They have never met me. They don't know me. They won't have a conversation with me. They won't return an email. They won't return a phone call. I invite it. Please let's have a conversation. Yeah. Let's have an open, yeah. candid, I mean, honest conversation about where we're at because you know what? We have way more in common than we do different. We all want the same thing. We want to save the fossils. We want to get more people involved. Right. And I think like people who are interested in this would love to see these conversations, would love to see progress, would love to see like, what can we do? Like, let's do it. <laughs> so I mean, there's, I, oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many amazing people out there. Um, I don't know if he watches this, but if he doesn't, I'm going to tell him to. Um, there's a gentleman out there. His name's Cam Muskelly. Um, oh, Cam, Cam. Cam, Cam's my people. <laughs> Cam is truly one of the most amazing yes, human beings. He is. He really um, is. I I literally love Cam. I follow him. He's he he's and it angers his me. passion. His passion. It angers me that he never seems to get all the credit he deserves because he's oh. doing it. He yes, is doing he is. the job. He is. Quit, he is. Quit he saying, is doing oh, the damn He may not be a paleontologist because he doesn't have this degree or this alphabet soup. Or... He is so smart. He oh. knows his He, he knows it inside out backwards. It. Yes. Um, yes. I, he's just in a, the most impressive person. And yes. I sit here and go, 
you know, Cam and I have the same credentials. We kind of have the same story where we're just doing our own thing and don't really give a shit and yeah. we're going to get it done. And, yeah. um, and you know, they just put up a display in a museum down in Florida about Cam and how he's a paleontologist and his journey to where he is now. And, you know, it's why are there some in the academic world that are so quick to try and put him down, keep him in check, call him out that he is not or, oh, or label not him. a paleontologist or, or label you know, them when it's convenient or yes. Just, yes. Oh, and then embrace them when it's convenient for their credibility and right so on or and so forth inclusiveness or whatever I that's know what right you're saying. you I know, know we're it. all we're all banging that dei drum right now when I, it's convenient I, I, I get it um you know and and it's i say it all the time i just you know i i pray to god you're absolutely right joe it is all ego it's a hundred percent ego it's all about who has the biggest pen in the room and wrote the biggest pen paper Um, and it's, you know, I I laugh because I know people who label themselves paleontologists and have a degree of some sort or another, um, and want to tell me that because I don't have enough alphabet soup behind my name, that I'm not this particular, you know, label or whatever, but at the same, I look at him and go, okay, how much field experience have you have? How much stuff have you actually dug up? How much stuff you actually held in your hands? How passionate are you about this? Like, where is your passion? Right. It's like, you can tell the people who it's like in their soul, they eat, sleep, and shit. Like, you can tell those people, whatever their credentials are, they want what's best. You can tell that. And it's it's very obvious. It's (laughs) it's amazing to me because they they judge me and go, oh, well, Tom, you don't have any papers published and you don't do. You know what? I don't care if I ever publish a paper. I don't need that. I don't need the proverbial smoke blowing up my you know what to validate me as a person. I'd much rather have the young people that I get involved write the paper. Let them have that experience. I'm an old man. I mean, I'm not dinosaur old but i'm close <laughs> and you know it's it's you get I to that point in your you, talk to, you get to that point in your 40s where you just like stop caring and you're just yeah. like this is what it is and i don't care if you like it no no it's given um uh, yep. <laughs> i am fresh out of all uh f's over here i'm just yep. all out um and so and um but it is, it's so infuriating because it's these exact people that got into this profession and are academics and are in charge of educating our youth. And I just want to call them out sometimes and go, you, you're a professor, you're a teacher. You literally got in this because you wanted to help young right. people and shape minds and inspire. And yet right. you're doing everything humanly possible to oppress and discriminate right. and make this a very exclusive club elitist ivory tower mentality of I'm better than you because I have a PhD and you only have a master's or you have a bachelor's or even in some cases you don't have a degree at all. Well, you know what? We'll go back to our friend Cam. Cam does not have a degree, but you know what? I'll I'll take him nine times out of 10 over a PhD anytime. I'm going to tell you, like, I'm telling you, like, that dude knows the stuff. We keep talking about Cam and I know a lot of people don't know, but, but like this dude is like, he's, it's like he was born to to 
to do this. He, yeah, he was. He was born this, like this he was born to know dinosaurs, paleontology. Like it is him. Like no. it, he doesn't need a degree because it's like he came out of the womb, like ready for this. Yeah, that dude came so. out being able to pack his cephalosaurus. I yeah, still can't literally. spell it. Um, <laughs> and so, but it is, it's one of those things that it gets me put into positions where doors are closed to me um, because yeah. of who yes. I am and what I do. Um, and it's funny to me because I very much look forward to the day that they fall out of that tower. And, or, but it like gives you, it gives you ammo. It gives you, it gives you drive instead of like slowing you down and stopping you. And that's like where I really, really admire you. And I, I love that passion and fire. It's like, it, it's pushing you to just keep pushing doors open. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, to back down because you want to call me names or question my credibility or question my ethics especially when it comes from a group of people that don't know me, have never talked to me, have wouldn't even know me if I walk past them on the street, won't respond to an email or a phone call. Why would I give two what you think about me? Which by the way, if anybody's watching this and, and they have these feelings, you know, towards time, I totally welcome a, an open discussion about this. Like, oh, absolutely. Know, like, 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 let's dive into this. Like, let's really talk about it. You know, just throwing that out there, you know, for a future episode, I mean, and, show and, or discussion. And I laugh because you look at some of the biggest paleontological discoveries in history were made by people who had no training. Um, like Leonardo, the mummified dinosaur up in Haver, Montana, was found by two guys from Haver that were just yeah amateurs they had no training no nothing yeah. Yeah. um you know in the paleontology world you got the argument of of you know the bone wars of cope and marsh in the 1800s and one has a degree and the other one just works his ass off um and you know the minute we start getting to a point in our lives where we think we're better than somebody else because of our position our education is the minute that you know, I feel like we have a responsibility to to call them out on it and remind them yeah. that, you know, there was a time in your life where you weren't that. Right. And somebody right. helped you get where you exactly. are. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm just trying to be that person that helps. I'm yeah. not the end all be all. I am not the 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 final answer or solution to this problem but maybe I'm a little piece that can help open the door to get a kid in there and, you know, allow them the opportunity to explore this. I mean, you look at, you know, I hate to keep going back to Cam, but, but damn it. I just, I, I love the guy. I yeah, love what he's I do doing. Too. I do too. We got to get Cam happened, on the show. We got to get Cam on the show. What would have happened if Cam would have had the opportunity to really be able to embrace us at a much younger age. Yeah. Actually got academics and people on his side from a young age to advocate for him to be involved. Where would he be in a career from a, a, a an academic standpoint right now? I mean, he'd be the probably the most credentialed PhD professor on planet Earth anywhere because you know what's just crazy is. though. It's like, you know, what's crazy is like, we will take somebody who has the most experience 
and plumbing and, um, and electrical work or anything. You're like, I want him. He's been doing this for years. He knows what he's doing. We don't question his, 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 uh, you know, who taught him. We, we don't question it because he's been doing this for years. He knows what he's doing. But yet when it comes to certain areas like academics, it's like, if you don't have this formal training, okay, it's, it, your experience doesn't count. And it's like, what? <laughs> like how, why, why, why do we just at certain areas in life or certain things, we decide that experience is not enough. Like you gotta have the actual, and I'm not, not, and I'm not saying that, you know, I, I mean, I'm a nurse, you know, and I, I, I have degrees and I, I'm not saying that education is not needed. I'm not saying that, but when and why do we decide as a society or not even society, whoever decides it is, that what's important and what's not in terms of academics and experience. Like it, that just, it really blows my mind because you can have somebody that knows everything about the books, doesn't have of a lick of experience and can be bowed down to. And then somebody who's been in that field has been doing it 20 30 some years and they're not respected on the same level and it just just it's just not right it's just not right and that is something i think as a society that maybe we should change maybe we need to change that maybe well we and i people, think it is changing. we as consumers as as hobbyists you know we decide who just who deserves that kind of recognition i don't know it, it's definitely well, and, you I, know, and i think there is going to be a, a slow shift it's going to take time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have many friends that are academics, PhDs, all the alphabet soup, and they're just as fed up with it as I am. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. This is, it's not like a, a shame on the whole institution. It's just, it's, it's just something that we are observing and seeing that like people are not getting respect and credits that they should. Because at well, the end of the day, if you have the same goal, right, and the same passion, I mean. There's, I, as someone that was in academia yes, for a while yes, and has a master's yes. degree, I do feel yes. like I should speak up at some yeah, point come here. Come on, Ben, speak up. Yes, absolutely. There's, there's, you know, I, I, to a certain extent, I agree. Um, I have gone to places, uh, for example, I, I met some random person on Reddit. I don't recommend doing this. Because I've gotten told many people by many people that I was stupid for doing this. But I met a stranger on Reddit who said, hey, you want to come digging with me? I go to, you know, the Franklin mine and Sterling Hill, you know, all the time. And do you want to come, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I did. And didn't get murdered, obviously. But I his all the time, by the way. But I his his dad, and you know, and it wasn't the first time. I will say Rockhound people are, yes. in general, very cool people that they yeah. love to bring other people along and share spots with. Um, and I got plenty of stories about that, but I, I, so I went with this guy and obviously I checked him out and he seemed cool and he had his dad there. And as a geologist and someone that studied, I obviously knew nothing about the area and his dad was a dentist and he knew about damn near every mineral that you could find out there. And it's not to say in those instances that you need to have a degree to understand, you know, mineralogy or whatever. 
Um, you, you can go to a mineral club museum uh, or mineral club meeting. Um, I, in our group that we have, we have 850 plus members. And I know of a, about two other geologists out of all of our members. And I know there are many other members that know more than me. And in those instances, like I am all for, you know, accepting people for what they know and their experience. I know there are people that go out to these areas that have lived there for possibly generations and they know what they're, what they're looking at. It's the, you know, a farmer yeah. could stand out in a field and say, Oh, it's going to rain because of that cloud, you know, right. or it's not. Cause I've seen that cloud a million times, you know, whatever, like right. there are certain things that people know with that being said, I will say there are things that people do need to be trained in. Um, yes. You know, right. things where I, I don't want to say where it matters, but there are certain things where it matters as a, for instance, I am a licensed geologist, which means I can sign off on reports that require a licensed geologist. And those can have implications for things like construction. You don't want a building to fall down because it wasn't built on the soil properly because someone could just sign it off. You don't want a doctor that doesn't have the proper training just of to course. cut you open and, and do whatever. So there, I, I just want to bring a balance to this conversation yes. to oh, say, yes. Oh, yes. And, and, and it does come down, there was a comment earlier about egos and there are going through academia, you will run into so many people that they, their, their name has to be first on the list of authors. They collect papers, like it's a kind of achievement and they just need to have their name out there to become the most popular person. And it, and it extends way beyond academia. We've seen people on Facebook and in yes. this hobby that they yes. need to get their name. They need to trademark certain yes. things. Um, yes. There are those certain peoples out there as, as well. And it, it just needs to come down to that humility. And, you know, I've yes. talked to people about this Amen. as a geologist who has a master's of science. I've had people come up to me and ask me about things and I'll just tell them, I don't know. It's okay not to know. It's okay to go to someone that you know doesn't have a degree but has the experience to go hey what do you think about this or what do you know yes. about this and yes. it's that going back to having that drive for knowledge and trying to grow yes. as you know not only your knowledge but as a person yes. because I've, I've talked with people that you know i talked to them about finding rocks on the north shore of lake superior minnesota and I had someone talk to me and go, oh, well, you know, I found fossils. And I'm like, well, what do you mean you found fossils? Like, I know there's some in like some of the mine dumps, uh, the Hill Annex mine where they found like some fossils. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, there's no rocks around there. Well, you know, well, I found them. And then it becomes, okay, well, let's think about this. I know it's not Minnesota, whatever. And then we look and it's, oh, okay. Well, in, you know, Ontario, Quebec or wherever, there are marine fossils that were there and the glaciers probably brought them down. Yes. It's being open to that and yes. that understanding and being able to grow that is a roadblock for a lot of people and sometimes the hobby where people just need to take a step back and just say, if I don't know it, it's okay. It's okay to have someone else on a beach and looking at things with me. It's okay for someone to publish something on Facebook that is on public land that, you know, you think it's like, quote, yours, even yeah. though you don't really own it. Like, oh my God. it's, it's <laughs> just, you know, yeah. we talk about like a rock hounding community. Yeah. And I think that gets lost on people sometimes that it's, you know, people use their credentials. It's, it's one thing I'll say trying to go through and 
doing things like identifying rocks on Facebook, which becomes a very touchy thing for me at times, I will almost never go in and say, I think it's whatever because I'm a geologist, because it should be able to stand on its own and it shouldn't matter that I'm a geologist for it to be a quartz or a plagioclase crystal or whatever it is. It should just be a fact of that's what it is. And the fact that I'm a geologist and said it and not someone that's been looking at rocks for 30 years, that shouldn't matter. And so... That says a lot about your character, Ben. (laughs) Thank you. Just just saying. Well, and I love what Ben's saying because he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. It is. There are definitely quote-unquote classes within academia where you have that group of i mean i laugh i've got people on facebook that i follow that oh publishing another paper today three more submitted going in and i'm like who gives a great you spent your entire life in a lab but have no idea what the hell it actually looks like in the the flip side you also see people like that who don't have an education and have just the experience who have that same ego so like it's it's totally on both sides but the part that's the the disheartening part is that those in academia i feel like there's more of like a crutch to kind of to to stand on and the problem is is they hold the key to the castle yes i mean if you want to go to grad school for this and you don't know the right phd advisor to help you get into grad school or they don't like you or they don't think you got the quality, you know, whatever they hold the keys to the castle. If you get in and they don't like you or you write something that they don't agree with. I mean, right now bring up nano Tyrannosaurus versus a baby T-Rex and you'll get half of them that will crucify you. And the other half will give you a hug and say, love you. This is the greatest thing ever, you know, And it's the one thing that irritates me is the fact that as scientists, one of the things that we need to be aware of is we can be wrong. And that's where this ego gets into trouble in, you know, our fields that we enjoy is there are individuals that think that they're never wrong and that you even question them. How dare you? You know, and that's the part that's frustrating because it's like part of good science is leaving the, that open to the idea of this is what we think the answer is based on the information we have right now. But if new information comes, we could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's something that, that uh, that's, that's I could be wrong. Yeah. That's that's how science has been. You yeah. know, that's why you submit papers that become peer reviewed that, you know, can change things can change and it's one of the reasons why you know a lot of scientists publish data and it's one of the things that i've mentioned this before on the show with different people but holding that information behind things like academic paper paywalls where the general public can't go in and read it um and i and i know some of it could be open to misinterpretation and you know frankly misinformation from it because someone might pull out something out of a study that you know doesn't what they're reading right or they want to use it for the purpose of misinformation and of their their narrative correct yes right right yes yeah, and it's just, you know, it's it's that, you know, expanding knowledge and, you know, going through grad school. The one thing that was, you know, brought up to me was, can you explain, like, for example, my master's thesis that I, you know, I studied geochemistry of tephra from sediment cores that were drilled in Lake Malawi in Africa. 
can you, I explain that on a, you know, on a fifth grade level? If, if someone's, you know, 10 oh. year old came up to me and said, you know, what are you researching? Cause I had multiple people that I went to grad school with that if I even as a geologist going in grad school, couldn't fully understand what they were trying to tell me they were doing. And that comes down to a full understanding of what you're doing. If you can't explain it, if you can't dumb it down to the level that someone's at compared to what you know of as far as terminology and, you know, different, you know, topics and processes of, you know, because, you know, I'm sure you've you've seen this, Tom, where you have someone that they don't know um, the process of, you know, stratigraphy and layers forming in the earth. But if you, you know, if you explain to them, well, you know, you imagine a bunch of pancakes going on, your newest one is at the top, your oldest one is at the bottom, you know, getting people to understand these concepts is really about the understanding of it. And I think some people, they themselves might not fully understand it. And so they just chastise people saying, well, you don't have a bachelor's degree, so you don't understand it. And, you know, clearly you don't know what you're talking about when really it's a, you know, it goes back to ego um, it could just be that they just want to be assholes about it too, because yeah, there are yeah. just those people too that they just want to feel better about themselves. It's because not. yeah, so I I think it's it's you know it's something that I don't want people to think that all academics are like that because I've met some really great academics that will definitely talk to anyone that asks, oh, absolutely. regardless of you know their education, and will, they will try to promote you know, what they know. Um, but there definitely are the people out there that just should probably take a step back and just think, you know, what is the purpose of all of this? Where do you fit in the yes. world? And what, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as someone that got the most papers written about them that, you know, what did you have to sacrifice? And who did you offend along the way to get to that point? Or do you want to be someone that, you know, they can look to you and say, Hey, when you gave that talk or when you showed me this picture or whatever, you inspired me to do this and it brought me this much joy and it brought me purpose to my life or whatever, that should be what is what matters. Yes. Well, and, and that's a great point, Ben. It really is. It, you know, I think it's dictated by what motivates them as an individual person of is what motivates them is notoriety and fame and being published, or is it the impact that they leave after they're gone? Um, you know, it, it is. It's so amazing how that just, I, I don't understand it completely because I'm I'm wired one way and it's not necessarily the way others are wired. But I, I don't want it to come across that I'm just bashing all academics. Yeah, I am yeah. not. The There's absolutely this... a need for advanced studies because you're right, Ben. There are, you know, see here and we can talk about the you know the diagenetic studies of diagenesis fluids and ontogenetic studies of the histology of both i mean i can use big fancy words to talk about all this stuff too you know and but to me it it, it comes back to a point of one of the reasons why the foundation is so important to me is there's been a 68 percent decline of geoscience degrees in the last 10 years nobody's going to school for this stuff anymore. Right. You're becoming a dying breed, Ben. Nobody's going to school for geology anymore. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it, it comes down to purpose. What's your purpose? What's your purpose here? What is your purpose? Yeah. What's your purpose here? Like what, whether you're a hobbyist, uh, academia, you know, you're building a, a, 
a brand, career, whatever, what is your purpose? And if your purpose isn't driven to share, educate, encourage, involve, if they're not positive adjectives attached to your purpose, you know, that's where you need to have a little bit of introspection here. You need to really reconsider, you know, your perspective and your outlook and, and your projective and how you are perce being perceived in the community. So it's really, I, I think, in general, it's your purpose here, you know, and I think I would like to hope anybody that's watching and has any interest in anything that we're talking about, the purpose is to learn and to like immerse yourself into nature, into science and to learn, you know, just, I mean, for me, I just keep saying learning because I love to learn, but it's like, you, you know, you hope that there is a positive purpose and Tom, you very clearly have a very positive purpose, you know, and so I, 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 I anybody in academia or just like content creators, I don't care who you are, you know, what's your purpose? You know, are you doing, are you trying to do good things? Well, right. and I, I just want to grab Joe's comment over here at, at, he's, you know, he's at 56 years old. I struggle with what my purpose is and you're, you're not alone, Joe. Um, I, I just didn't wake up one day and go, this is my purpose. You know, it's my purpose, especially with the work with the nonprofit and the foundation now is, is constantly changing as I have different experiences and experience, you know, the dig with the veteran and the crying and bringing it back to life. You know, that made me take a look at my purpose even more going, what's my responsibility with this now? You know, I hate to quote Spider-Man because I'm not a Marvel guy, but something about amazing power comes amazing responsibility or something yeah. like that. If my youngest boy was, he's in the wall through over there somewhere, he's probably over there shaking his head going, oh God, please stop. Because he's a huge Marvel guy. So, um, but it is. And I think that's part of, you know, our responsibilities as people is, you know, be of service, keep yeah. your mind open, look for opportunities that you can heighten someone's life rather yeah. than diminish it. Um, you know, uh, Rothrod's comments about negative stuff about geology, you're absolutely right. Um, if you get a chance, um, uh, Joe, you, uh, just sorry, paying attention to Joe's comments over here. Joe, you are into the foundations group on Facebook. I approved you. Yes, it is me. Um, feel free to connect with me personally and we can continue this conversation. I would love to hear what you're going through and I will help in any way I can and listen. Um, I have been through hell in my life. Um, I mean, we can get off, we can get off on a tangent if you want. For a minute, <laughs> folks. I mean, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I've been sober for 20 years. September 2nd, 2002, I put a loaded gun in my mouth and was going to kill myself. Um, I mean, I, I have, uh, I suffer with a mental health condition that I deal with on a daily basis. So I don't share these things because I want pity or anybody to feel sorry for me. I share this because maybe there's somebody that hears that and goes, wait a minute, if, if this dumbass can do it, I can do it. You know, and if that experience can help somebody, I, I will share it. Um, and Joe, I understand the depression. I have been there. Um, I have done that. I remember, I remember the first time 
I tried to talk to somebody that was a paleontologist that had their, their very much elitist hat on. And I remember leaving that conversation feeling so dejected, like I'm the biggest piece of crap. Um, that why am I even here? Um, I actually, as part of my undergrad, did an entire uh, presentation on something called imposter syndrome, if you've never heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. And Ben, you would love it because I literally made it about geology and water, um, you know, which is which is stronger, the immovable object or uh, the unstoppable force. And I literally sat by a river with granite and a river running through it, talking about which one's more, which one's stronger. The granite or the water, and uh, um, it, that's just as important as anything else that I do. Is um, you know being grateful for those experiences in my life that allow me to be of service and help somebody else who's suffering yeah. um, with something that maybe I have just a little bit of hope to give them that there is opportunity for better. You know, um, I look at like the story of Lindsay. Lindsay had a very tough high school life. She was, you know, uh, if she's listening to this, Lindsay, I love you. This is not said with mean or anything, but you know, she was the nerdy girl that was picked on at school, you know, and by me being able to share my experience with her, you know, she's now at college. She's going to school for this. She's got this sense of strength about her now that she knows she's not alone. She knows that she has people in her corner that are going to be there no matter what she does. You know, it's like I tell my kids is I expect you to screw up. I expect you to make mistakes. What I don't want you to do is think those mistakes define you. Because there's nothing. Yeah. I was going to say, that's the beauty within the hobby. And even though within the hobby of collecting, there's so many different niches, you know, paleontology, geology, you know, just all of that, you know, um, it's within this hobby, it's that sense of community connecting and finding a sense of peace and belonging. I mean, it's just that all of those pieces so many people come to this hobby um in a time of pain in a time of uh, rock bottom no pun intended um and they find this hobby and it literally transforms their life i'm one of those people so it's in and i think people who have been so impacted in their life find this hobby and it's transformed them those are the people who really want to help others find that same peace find um that stability that anchor that was able to help them because whew, without it i don't know where i would be and yeah. i want to help other people so it's it's that's where I was, you know, bringing that, what's your purpose here? You know, like, what are you trying to do? Because the people that are, you know, putting things out for people to learn, you know, you have to understand while we all want to learn, why are we learning? We're learning because there's a connection for us. So it, it, it gets, you, we can really go deep into this. <laughs> yeah. And, and on that same note too, like people just need to have empathy and just understand yes. that, oh. 
you don't know what someone else might be going through. So, you know, I, I see this sometimes where people, they, they will get so worked up over certain things. You know, it could be someone cutting you off in traffic. It could be someone misidentifying a rock on Facebook. It could be, you know, a neighbor is doing something that you don't like, whatever. Like, you probably don't know what's going on in their life. And it might be that, you know, yeah, they're an asshole. Or it might be that, you know, maybe their dog just died or, you know, yeah, you know, or they're they're being evicted or they, you know, they their car just broke down and they had to take a bus. And, you know, what I, like you don't know what's going on in their life that, you know, they might just be dealing with something. And, it, you know, just treating people with, you know, kind of airing on that side of things of like, you know, hey, like you know also just going you know with kindness killing someone with kindness can sometimes do a lot because sometimes you'll find that they will open up and you'll be like oh they really weren't trying to be mean right. or whatever they just had a lot going on and they you know after they took a step back and calmed down they went hey i'm sorry for acting that way you know this is going on you know whatever um and i think it's just going back to that you know just being a community and just you know, trying to understand people and just being a good human is really being all it is. Being a good is. human, yes. I was literally just going to say, just be a what? good human. <laughs> no, that's silly. Why be a good yeah. human? You know, but yeah, I mean, ben, I I couldn't agree with you more, Ben, if I had to. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, to draw on some experience I've recently had is um, a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Dr. Stephanie Little Hawk Big Crow. Um, she's part of the Oglala Lakota um, people. And uh, her, I believe, it was, she is a direct descendant of Crazy Horse from oh, wow. uh, Battle of Little Bighorn. And um, she is an extremely proud Oglala Lakota um, and truly one of the, but that to me doesn't define who she is. It's part of who she is. It's part of her identity, but she's truly one of the most amazing human beings. Um, you know, you talk about empathy and, you know, she sat me down once and she looked at me and she goes, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? She goes, <laughs> she could literally sense that there was something bothering Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's so in tuned with the yeah. people that she yeah, allows just... into her world. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it, it's called the Nogli. It's their spirit. It, it yeah. you know, it's literally they 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 literally go right to the, their sternum area. And she talks about this, and you know, you, you talked about that connectedness that we get and that healing power of it. And she explained it to me. She goes, she she asked me, goes, she goes, do you ever dig dinosaurs with your shoes off? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Grounding, grounding, yeah. She's like, yeah, do you ever take your shoes off and dig barefoot? I'm like, no, there's scorpions and snakes and cactuses. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? No. She goes, just the next time you're out, just take your shoes off and put your feet on the dirt and just take a moment. And, you know, I'm not an overly religious guy. I'm not going to get all pontifical about this stuff, but... It's I did it, and it's... that experience was yes. just I legit profound. never it until I did it myself, and I'm like, it's an experience. That connection, you can feel it. 
Oh, it, it, it was, it, it was amazing to me. And, you know, but what really got me about that was how little credit we give to people that look at the world that way, because it's not necessarily socially acceptable to, right. you well, know, science, it, science behind it. Oh, know. that's not, you know, oh, that's yeah. not accurate. And there's nothing special about this. And, and I, I disagree to the most part with some of that, that if you firmly have your mind open and are willing to accept that there is a chance that there is something to this, it will change your mind. You, you are opening yourself to the experience. And there's so much to be said to that. I mean, it goes back and ties in well what we were talking about with the academics, that mm -hmm. you have this group of academics that has closed themselves off to any other ideas except their own. And then you have the academics whose minds are still very much open and embracing of bring it in. Let's talk. Let's have these conversations. Let's increase our knowledge. And they have that purpose to them. Like you were saying, Amber, it's the same thing with these, these, you know, I don't want to call them alternatives or, you know, um, it's there. There's credence to these different identities and how they relate to the world around them. And, it, it was amazing because, you know, talking about grounding and 10 years ago, if you came after me and said, oh, you know, you'll feel better if you put your feet in the ground. I'd have told no. you you were full of crap. Listen to me. Um, I've been a nurse for 20 years ago and I'm, I'm not a germaphobe, but I will say 10 years ago, if you would have told me to do grounding, um, my focus would have been way more on microbes than the healing power or the connection or any of that. And I'm still a bit focused on microbes, but but I am able to allow myself to just get out of my head and connect. And when you do that, like just the connection is like oh. everybody, everybody go do some grounding. Just do it safely and think, you know, look it up, look it up first. I'm not, I'm, I'm a nurse. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to look it up If you want to do it safely, come join me on a dinosaur day. Yes. There you go. <laughs> the best there you way go. to ground ever. I, you're literally you covered in dirt from head to toe by the time you're done. <laughs> I, I do want to do a, a, a quick shout out. Um, going back a little bit, Nathan. Um, hi to Nathan, um, who mentioned this on Facebook. Um, I believe he said they're coming in from Haunted Ridge. Um, he said almost everyone who comes here to dig are happy people. Rockhounds are a different breed of people, determined people. And I just have to say, I completely agree. Rockhounds are, well, we're the best. We'll yes, we are. Woo woo! I, you know, <laughs> Rock House I might have to take exception to that. I don't know. Okay. Like, I kind of like put it like, okay, it's like I feel like it's all in the same area, right? Because we're we're both digging for stuff, and we're all you looking for wrong. stuff. I picked okay. up some pretty freaking cool rocks in my life. Yeah, I mean, I have a collection like, behind me of some really cool stuff. Connect. Um, you know, and, and I do have an educational background in in that area, but. The minute you get into any kind of igneous or metamorphic rock, I could care less anymore because there's yeah, no I mean, fossils it, in them. I don't care. It was the most painful thing ever was my freaking igneous petrology course. I'm just like, I don't give a shit. I don't care, but I have to take this for a stupid. I don't care. Yeah, I take Sid Strat again. I mean, like, I learned way rocks, more though, I mean, class like, than I ever some really badass minerals, though. I mean, like, yeah. you're completely whole, like, missing a whole world. <laughs> 
But I just think, like, if you dig in the ground and you like to find stuff and discover and explore, like, yes. all of that, like, I don't care what your niche is. Like, if you just like to connect with nature, dig, explore, all of that, like, do it. Like, it's yes. so Get, incredible it's like for like, your it's soul. Like our website everything. says, Amber, let's dig. Yeah. What the hell you're digging up, but just let's dig. dig. Let's get very. Yes. There you um, go. <laughs> so, I yeah, see so, so the answer. Question about kids going digging for fossils. Um, where are you located, Diana? I, a state will be good enough. I don't need exact home address or anything. Because, um, yeah, depending on where you are, there's lots of places to go. There's some great... Um, Texas. Texas. Ooh. Ooh. You get, we just, uh, yeah. if, you're, if you're anywhere yeah. near Dallas, um, there's an uh, uh, amazing woman. Her name is Kim Purvis. She runs the Dallas Paleontological so uh, Society. They do all kinds of dig stuff. Um, tons of outreach. Kim's extremely knowledgeable. And, um, and if you go back to... Travel, we have a free kids dig program. We'll take you guys out in uh, Montana, Wyoming, or North or South Dakota, depending on what dates you come up. Going to do uh, a real okay. shout out to Bethany Burke, too. She's in Texas. Yes. Well, and actually, I she maybe I forgot she just got married. She changed her last name, I believe. But oh, uh, she, she was B, B, BK Bones. Um, BK if you Bones, go back and watch the, watch that episode, um, she does a lot of outreach, and I believe she mentioned some locations in Texas that she's done um, some digs as well. Yeah, so that's make sure YouTube. go. Yep, yes, go, go back YouTube. Um, Spotify, Bones. all those places. Yep, yep. And and she you hit that episode. She talks all about Texas. And then another one too that's in Texas is a gentleman named Andre Lujan. Um, oh, okay. If you've ever watched the show Dinosaur Hunters or Dino Hunters that was on TV, Andre was actually part of that. He has Texas through time. Uh, I believe he's in Austin area. Um, building a new museum does quite a bit of outreach and stuff. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of opportunities in Texas. They actually just found some really cool dinosaur stuff there. A um, uh, lot of marine type uh, fossils located throughout texas um but yeah like i was saying is you know um go to our website um it's been posted in the comments feel free to look it up send us a, a, a hit the contact button send me a message um we do have a free kids dig program where we uh, all kids 16 and under dig for free um we do require an adult to come with now um we used to not do that but uh um liability lawyers and our insurance company require it now um <laughs> so um but yeah we can take you out on uh, uh some of the digs we do out in montana and, and wyoming and uh, north and south dakota um but there's a lot more opportunities to get kids out digging now than there ever has been um and it's something i hope continues to grow because i think it needs to because it goes back to a conversation we were having um earlier than about the communication um you know how uh academics communicate to non-academics the general public and how they don't know how to do that um you yeah, know and it's um, one of those things that we had um what was um gosh my brain brain, brain um ben um dykenite she was talking a, a lot about how you know 
academia sciences, you know, they have all this information, but don't know how to explain that and get that out to the public to be able yeah. to understand, to, to learn. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she she did a lot. She talks a little, um, in that episode as well, which was our season finale of season two. Um, so yeah. go, go back and watch that. That was a great one. Um, she is a volcanology PhD student, and she does a lot on TikTok, and she's done some panel at um, some things too. So um, if you are interested in anything with science, volcanoes, and science outreach, watch that episode as well. It's a great one. Yeah, we need more people that are able to speak the language of the people to, to educate for sure. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's funny because it's um, there's a gentleman, his name's Dr. Hayden Moore. He runs a company called Geologize um, out of England. And the whole premise of this program is to teach geoscientists how to communicate to the general public because, you know, it's some of the reasons why kids aren't going to school for geoscience degrees because, well, the geoscience world, specifically mining, has done a great job of giving us a really, really bad reputation. And how do we fix that? I mean, you go and look at things like climate change. They get so much funding and so much money and so much backing because they do an amazing job of telling the story in terms that the general public can understand. Whereas geologists and um, uh, mining industry people, paleontologists, if we don't start taking some notes and learn how to communicate the importance of our sciences to the general public, it's why we see geology departments leaving universities. It's why we see these degree programs don't even exist. Um, I mean, I talked earlier about a professor from Montana that reached out about a science fair. They literally cut his entire geology program down to just him as the only geology professor in the entire campus. And I'm like, what the hell? You're in Montana. You're like the geology capital of freaking America. I mean, you yeah. guys got all kinds of cool stuff going on out there when it comes to rocks and minerals and mining and exploration. And how the hell are you cutting your geology to program? Right. And it's like, what do we have to do to get scientists to understand that you don't have to impress us with big shiny freaking words just talk to me like a normal person and here's the reality is people if you don't start helping out whether it's us as a nonprofit or other nonprofits that are out there if the society as a whole doesn't start helping us get this out and getting kids involved in this say goodbye to your computers say goodbye to the electricity in your house Say goodbye to the roads you drive on. Say goodbye to that smartphone you love so much, that car you love to drive. And I don't care if you're all about alternative energy. Do you know what it takes to make a lithium battery for a, a, a you know, alternative fuel car? Yeah. But yeah. nobody's talking and there's not this moral outrage and there isn't this demand from the general public saying we need to fund geology degrees. Because honestly, this younger generation is the one who holds the key to this because they have been raised since day one to be way better stewards of this planet than my generation was. They are so environmentally conscious from day one that they're going to come with that idea of how do we mine lithium in a, uh, an environmentally responsible way? How can we build roads better in a more environmentally conscious manner? How can we get rare earth elements and if you don't think these things affect you as an everyday citizen, you're out of your mind. Yeah. You want to know why the cost of our products have gone up exponentially during this period uh, of economic crap? 
rare earth elements are driving this. We get them from China. China digs them all. Okay, they supply like 90% of the world's rare earth elements and they control the pricing. We have to pay whatever they charge us because we need to have them. This right. drives inflation, yet we're not willing to spend any money on our own schools and universities to educate students on how to find this stuff and encourage them to go there. Come on, let's get real. I mean, let's, yeah. let's have a conversation at least. Well, um, with that, um, I will say we, we did go quite long tonight. Um, sorry. That's, that's no, me. no, don't be sorry. It was great. I mean, honestly, like this is good. <laughs> no, no, this was great. I'm glad we had some really good conversations. So um, with, with that, um, I know we talked um, a bit about some rocks and minerals. We've had, I know, two back-to-back uh, paleontology focused episodes, but we are going to have Amos Cunningham on um oh, and i i haven't talked to him at all so i don't know amber i don't know what you want to say about amos oh okay so amos cunningham just a brief little little thing you know so he is a he's been a rock hound literally since he was seven like over 50 years of rock hounding probably one of the most excited passionate rock hounds after all of these years still that I've ever, I, I guess I haven't met him, that I've ever talked to. Um, and so he has a mine down in South Carolina. If anybody's ever watched the Crystal Collector, Brian Majors um, on YouTube, Brian Majors actually started um, his videos on his mine. Um, so he has a plethora of uh, knowledge experience that he will share with us um in two weeks on march 6th i'm super excited to speak with amos um just to dive into his world his journey and what he has to share um and teach us all so that episode will be march 6 at 8 45 we will be live again um join us again and we will sign out for tonight peace out everyone talk to you later bye everyone Bye, everybody. Thank you.